I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I'm so excited to be sitting down here with you today as always and answering some listener questions. So I have been receiving so much loving feedback on the podcast recently. I know the last two episodes were really helpful for a lot of you. So thank you to all of you who have listened to those episodes. I love talking about this stuff, but I also posted something on Instagram the other week and I thought it was important to talk about it here too because I know not all of you who listen to the podcast catch all of my stuff that I post on Instagram And I also know that a lot of you just don't have Instagram accounts, which is so cool. And I love being able to connect with you here on the podcast, even if you're not on Instagram. So that's why I often like talking about things that I've posted on Instagram here on the podcast as well. So before I get into listener questions today, I wanted to talk about Just like this whole topic of calories, I know I've been talking about calories a lot lately and I just wanted to say like even though I absolutely love this topic of educating other women on how to actually nourish their bodies and you know kind of opening people's eyes to the fact that we can eat a lot more than we even realize. So what I'm saying is I know I have been talking about calories a lot lately. And although it's a topic that I get really fired up about and so passionate about in terms of supporting other women in nourishing their bodies properly and fully and abundantly, like at the core of what I talk about like I really just want to support you in feeling your best like that is really one of my life goals like I just want you to experience full health and I want you to just experience life to its fullest and I want you to be free, really. I want you to experience that freedom. I know a lot of the women that come my way to work with me in my sessions, my coaching sessions, um, a big goal of so many of the women that I work with have a goal of experiencing freedom in their lives. And anyways, those are the goals that... I have for you or those are the things that I want for you 
And because those are the things that I want for you or that I want to support you in experiencing in your life, the topic of calories like is part of that. So what I'm trying to say is like I don't love talking about calories. Like I don't just sit around at home or like have my friends around or you know when I'm sitting at home in the evening with my husband like I'm not talking about how much I ate that day or how much he ate that day or you know we're not talking about calories and when the girls and I get together you know it's not like we're talking about food or calories or any of this stuff right like there's I really do think there's so much more we can be talking about and calories just like it's not a conversation I'm just sitting around having with my friends and family and stuff but like I said the reason why I've been talking about calories so much lately is because not eating enough can really hold us back from actually being our best selves and experiencing life at its absolute fullest and so therefore yes I am talking about calories quite a bit lately and I you know even though (laughs) I don't love talking about it I also do love talking about it because I love supporting women in eating more feeling their best and yeah anyways I just thought that was important to say and now let's get into questions. So I did receive many questions on Instagram over the past week or so. So I have collected a bunch of them and I'm just going to get through a few today. If you sent me a question and it's not in today's episode, I will be back next week answering more questions. Honestly, one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I've been getting recently not only just that you've been loving the podcast but these topics about nutrition and just like nourishing yourself and kind of relearning this whole way to nourish yourself and going against diet culture has been really landing for you so yeah I'm here for all of the questions If you ever have a question for me, please don't hesitate to message me on Instagram or the best way to get in touch with me is definitely through email, but I try my very best to read all of my Instagram DMs, but I'm not going to say I'm very good at that because um, I'm just not. I'm not good at reading every single DM. I just get so many and then Instagram has all these weird like hidden folders of like message requests and stuff like that and anyways today we are going to be talking about some period stuff and eating and how to know if you're eating enough or too much or too little or whatever so question number one comes from a listener and her question actually got cut off in the question box sticker on Instagram. So basically I do think she was looking for some advice or input because she shared with me that she only is getting her period when she takes 
progesterone pills. And so I'm kind of like under the impression that she's kind of curious about, okay, if I'm only getting my period, if I take progesterone pills, kind of like, what should I be doing? And I actually would love to talk about, I just think this was like a good question to take the opportunity to just talk about progesterone and what we need in order to actually be producing enough progesterone in the body. I had this conversation with a few of my clients over the past week, so I just thought it was like timely as well. So let's talk about making progesterone. We need progesterone and some signs that you might not be making enough progesterone is experiencing anxiety. So we tend to have low levels of progesterone if you're experiencing quite a bit of anxiety. Of course, not all of the time, but this is something that we can definitely see a lot of. Um, Sleep is often very much impacted by low progesterone as well. So if you feel like you just kind of have this unexplained insomnia um, or you're just kind of restless throughout the night, not really getting great sleeps, low progesterone can actually be like a factor in that as well. Um, Not having like a proper length of a bleed. So when you're on your period, you want to be bleeding for at least like four days. And if you're bleeding like one day, two days, less than four days, that can be an indicator of low progesterone. Or if you're just like bleeding really lightly, that can also be an indicator of low progesterone. Um, While we're on the topic of bleeding, If you experience spotting throughout your cycle or in the middle of your cycle, um, if you just experience spotting during your cycle, that can also be an indicator of low progesterone. And then the other thing that I see a lot of, especially when clients start working with me initially, is short luteal phases. So your luteal phase is from the point of ovulation until your next period. So it's like that second half of your cycle. And we want that luteal phase to be like 10 to 14 days long. Like that would indicate a pretty good, like, or a good luteal phase. That's what we want to be seeing. But if we're seeing luteal phases that are less than 10 days and that are quite short, that is likely a progesterone issue as well, low progesterone. And then as this listener wrote in, she's also experiencing no period, so hypothalamic amenorrhea, and she's only getting her period when she's taking progesterone pills. So like I said, I just thought this was a good opportunity to talk about low progesterone and then also how like some of the steps that I like to see my clients take or I support my clients in taking when we know that low progesterone is like the thing that we're dealing with. 
So we need to be ovulating in order to actually produce enough progesterone. So ovulation is what we're really wanting to support happening. When there isn't enough progesterone, we're looking at ovulation and it's probably not either happening or it's not a strong ovulation. So ovulation, similar to your menstrual cycle or your period when you're menstruating, these are very energy demanding events. And I know it's all stuff that kind of like goes behind, like happens behind the scenes, right? Like we don't have to think about these things happening. We're not actually putting in the work for these things to happen. It's all behind the scenes. But I think what a lot of us don't realize is how much energy the body actually requires in order to menstruate or have like ovulate okay so we need a lot of energy in order for that to happen now if that energy is not coming in ovulation isn't going to happen or it's not going to be a strong ovulation and therefore we will then see these low progesterone levels quite often So that's what we want to support. We want to support ovulation in happening. And the very first thing that I look at when I'm working with a client who's not ovulating or has low progesterone, we are looking at calorie intake. Because like I said, these are energy demanding events. The body needs enough energy, enough fuel coming in in order for these things to actually happen. Now, like I said, that is the very first thing that I'm going to look at is, is this client of mine or is this person that I'm connected with, are they actually eating enough food? And most often, and I know I sound like a broken record here, but most often, it's not there's not enough energy coming in and so with this listener who wrote in this question about only getting her period when she's taking progesterone pills I'm not working with her one-on-one so I really don't know where she's at in terms of fueling her body but I would be curious like are you actually eating enough food that is where I would start so that's number one The second thing is balancing blood sugar. This is huge for hormones. And when I'm talking about balancing blood sugar, we're wanting to eat like a balanced meal or snack every few hours, just making sure that our our body feels safe and well-fed. So when I'm talking about blood sugar balance and balancing our meals, we want to be including all three macronutrients at our meals. That is going to be the most supportive thing when balancing our blood sugar. So including protein at our meals, including carbs at our meals, and including fats at our meals. We're not leaving one of those out. When it comes to blood sugar balance, we really want to include all three. So a meal might look like grass-fed beef burgers, 
topped with cheese, served with a side of sweet potato fries. That was just an example that popped into my head. It's one of my favorite meals. So right there, we have protein from the beef burgers and some fat in there as well. And then if we top that with cheese, there's protein, like a little bit of protein coming from the cheese. There's some fat in the cheese as well. So we have fat and protein there from the beef burger and the cheese. And then a side of sweet potato fries, we have the carbs. So you can see how that's this balanced meal. A balanced snack might be like a bowl of Greek yogurt with fruit and honey and some granola. So you have the protein in the Greek yogurt and at, you know maybe you're choosing like the full fat or 2%. So oftentimes there's going to be some fat in the Greek yogurt as well. So you have, again, a combination of fat and protein. And then if we're topping it with fruit and honey and granola, that's where our carbs come in. So just wanted to give you a couple examples of some balanced meals just if you're new to the blood sugar blood sugar balancing aspect of things that's what it looks like to balance a meal including carbs protein and fats at every meal and at every snack that is going to be so helpful Now, I also want to talk a little bit about fasting or lack thereof. So one thing that I am really big on for supporting your body in feeling safe and fed and also tying it all back into this question about progesterone is eating within the first 30 minutes of waking up. So when I first heard this, because let me be honest with you, I, years ago, I did not do this. I did not eat within the first 30 minutes of waking up like seven years ago, okay? This has been about the past six years that I've been doing this. So seven plus years ago, I would wake up, I would journal, I would go take my dog for a walk or go for this super long walk all by myself and then I would get back home, I'd be so tired, I'd be absolutely ravenous and then I would finally allow myself to eat. Now, this is putting your body in a really like stressed out state, not to mention it's not supporting your blood sugar at all. And when it comes to our hormone health, we really do want to support our blood sugar levels. So eating with the within the first 30 minutes of waking up in the morning is really, really important. So if you are experiencing low progesterone and you know that maybe you're not ovulating or ovulation isn't strong, whatever the case may be, when you know that low progesterone is the thing that you're dealing with, those are the first couple of things that I am going to be curious about right off the bat. Are we eating enough? 
And like I said, oftentimes we are not. And then second, are we balancing blood sugar and are we eating within the first 30 minutes that ties into balancing blood sugar? And we really do need enough carbohydrates for ovulation and producing enough progesterone. And so making sure that, you know, even if you are eating enough calories, maybe, like I said, that's very much not often the case with the women that I work with. But if you are, I would be curious, like how many carbs you're eating. So just making sure that you're not restricting any one of the macronutrients, making sure that you're eating a good balance of all three of them. As I always say, restriction is not going to lead us to healing. Um, There's really just no place for the restriction when we're trying to heal. So time to move on to the second question. But like I said, that one question was a little bit cut off, but I love talking about progesterone and ways to support progesterone production And I hope that was helpful for any of you who are dealing with low progesterone. So second question is awesome. She says, how do I know how much food is too little, too much, or enough? (laughs) So I love this question so much. And my answer is kind of simple. But I'm going to look at biofeedback to tell us how, like, how much we're eating. Like, is that enough food? We, because our bodies are so wise, we don't need some calorie calculator like I talked about last week. If you have not listened to last week's episode, definitely go back to that and listen. But we don't need some online calorie calculator to tell us how much we need. We don't need some Instagram influencer or some kind of like health coach on social media to tell us how many calories we need. We don't need some magazine or some book or some mathematical equation to tell us how many calories we need. Really, our bodies are so freaking wise and they are going to tell us what's enough and what's too little. Like they will actually communicate. And I love this analogy. And so I'm going to share my favorite analogy with you when it comes to understanding that like our body needs a lot of calories in order to actually function and operate properly. So think of your body as this company with all of these different departments within the company, right? So if there was this large company, there would be like a marketing team, right? There would be like an operation. Can you tell I've never actually worked in like corporate world. So we kind of, for this example, we're going to say we have like a human resources department. We are going to have a marketing department 
and we are going to have kind of like administration okay and then we're gonna have like the operation so we have like these four main departments within this company and when the company is receiving enough money coming in when there's enough income coming in right all of these employees within the company can be paid enough and therefore all of these departments are thriving because they have enough workers the workers are happy and sticking around and the entire company is thriving and working at like optimal capacity now when things get rough and times get tough and maybe there's not enough coming in so not enough resources not enough money coming in well guess what happens like when there's not enough money coming in then people get like laid off right and so let's say the HR department once had five HR employees and now they're down to one like how's that department running well it's sure not running optimally right so I think you see where I'm going with this analogy so let's hop over to the body the body is not just a body like and that's it right? We have all of these different systems within our body that require enough energy to come in so it can run at optimal capacity, just like that fake company that I just talked about. So we have like our digestive system, right? We have our sleep, we have our reproduction, we have energy, we have mood, we have recovery. So I'm going to talk all about those specifically in a minute here. But when we do not have enough energy coming in, these systems within our body are going to fall short. We are going to experience health imbalances because of that. So let's talk about digestion. So something that I see time and time and time again, and this was actually a personal experience of mine, but for the majority of my life, I'm not even lying, for the majority of my life, I thought I suffered with chronic constipation. I just thought this was my normal and I just am like chronically constipated. Honest to goodness. I had a pretty, and I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but I had a pretty big eye-opening experience when I was in holistic nutrition school back in 2013. I remember we were sitting in class and there was a colon hydrotherapist who came in and she was kind of teaching us about colon hydrotherapy and just the importance of healthy bowel movements and all that good stuff. And before she started her lecture, she asked all of us to raise our hands if we went to the washroom, like if we went poop that morning. So most people in the class raised their hand. I did not. And then she said, okay, raise your hand if you went poop yesterday. And then some people raised their hand. And anyway, she kept going on and on, like, you know, trying to figure out (laughs) 
basically who has good digestion and who doesn't. But anyways, it was in that moment when I realized like I hadn't gone poop in over a week. Like at this point in my life, I was going poop like one to two times a month. That is not healthy. And like I said, this is something that I am so passionate about because I experienced it in my own life, but I also see it with my clients so often is issues with digestion. And most often that is being constipated or just not having good bowel movements every single day. Like we want good, satisfying bowel movements at least one, two or three times a day. So if you are having a really full, satisfying bowel movement and the way that I learned it or like to describe it is like, honestly, if it kind of like makes a big S in the toilet, that is like a full, good, satisfying bowel movement. And we want one of those for sure every single day. It is so normalized to not to be like not pooping every day. And that is a result very often of not eating enough. And so going back to our analogy of the company and needing enough income coming in to be running at optimal capacity, same thing here. If we're not getting enough energy coming in, there are going to be signs from the body that it's not running at optimal capacity and being constipated is one of them. Experiencing, honestly, like any digestive issue, like bloating or feeling like you're not digesting your food properly. There's a lot of digestive things that can go wrong when we're not getting enough nutrition coming in. But the constipation one is a big one that I see time and time again. And so going back to this listener question, how do I know if I'm eating too little or if I'm eating enough, that sort of thing? We want to look at these biofeedback markers. And this is a big one. Are we pooping every single day? Now, another one is our sleep. It is not normal to be waking up in the middle of the night, every single night to go pee or just waking up or just being super, super restless throughout the night. Like ideally when we lie down and go to bed, we want to be clocking in like seven to nine hours of good quality sleep. And that means not waking up in the middle of the night, just to wake up and go pee or just experiencing like restless sleeps or insomnia, anything like that, that can be an indication of not eating enough food. Now, we can also experience issues with reproduction. So like the listener from our last question, she doesn't get a period. And that is something that is very often the result of not eating enough food. Like I said, bleeding, like our whole menstrual cycle, it's something that we don't really realize is happening. It's happening behind the scenes, 
but it is an energy demanding job for our body. And if enough energy is not coming in, that reproductive system is going to fall short. So we might lose a period or we maybe you continue to have your period, but you're actually not ovulating every month. That's a possibility. There can be other things going wrong with your reproductive cycle or your reproductive system that is a result of not eating enough. Now, energy, I think um, this is like this is kind of an obvious one, right? Like obvious. I mean, it's kind of obvious to me, like if I'm feeling tired and run down and like I don't have the energy to do all of the tasks that I do in a day for me, it's really obvious that, oh, hey, I need to eat something. But I know this isn't actually obvious to a lot of people who don't realize that like food is energy, right? And that's what I was saying for the past two weeks in my last two episodes, that calories is not this like dirty word. Like we really need to start seeing food as energy or understanding that calories are our form of energy. So if you're lacking energy, if you're noticing that you wake up tired or maybe you wake up feeling great, but then by the afternoon you're feeling groggy or your energy is just like non-existent, instead of feeling like, oh, I have to reach for a coffee, which in most cases has zero calories coming in, why don't we take a look at how much food you're actually eating how much energy in the form of calories that is actually coming in and see if that's going to support you. Another thing is mood. I hear this time and time and time again from my clients of all ages. I work with teens. I work with people in their 20s. I work with postpartum moms. I work with people in menopause, in their 60s, like I work with such a wide range of people and most of my clients either have depression or anxiety or some kind of like emotional thing that they want my support with and I cannot tell you the amount of times that Once my client and I, if this is a topic that we actually get to together, but I can't tell you how many of my clients have let me know that, oh, hey, Meg, ever since I actually started eating more, I really like haven't had that anxiety that I used to deal with. Or I have moms message me all the time, like clients of mine who are also moms, they message me all the time and let me know that, oh, hey, I didn't have like a breakdown this week or, you know, like they felt like they could get through stressful times as a mom with so much more ease ever since they started eating more food. So the emotional, mental aspect of our health when we are experiencing imbalances or struggles with that area of our life 
that's another sign that, hey, maybe I'm actually not eating enough food. And then another one that I wanted to add in here, and of course, I could just keep going on and on and on about this, but another really important one is if you're active, if you work out, and you feel just like really run down from your workouts and your recovery isn't great, it's not because, and oftentimes it's not because the workout was just hard or you're bad at the workout or the exercise or whatever, but our recovery from our workouts can be really telling as to like if we're eating too much or too little or enough. So if you're able to do a workout, leave the workout feeling really good and your sleep is good after it and your energy isn't tanking, like it's also not normal to have like headaches after your workout or feel like you've been hit by a bus and you just need to take a nap or if you're extremely hungry after a workout like that day or even the day after these are all signs that you're likely not eating enough like i said i could go on and on and on and on about this topic i actually did record two podcasts a while back about signs that you're not eating enough so i can include those in the show notes but i look at the body so Going back to this listener's question, how do we know if we're eating too much, too little, or enough? Your body is going to tell you. So we're looking at our biofeedback. How are we actually functioning as a human? Do we have a lot of health imbalances? And then I would be curious, okay, are we working with a practitioner who, you know, is well-versed in this area, like myself, who understands the importance of eating enough food? Um, That would be something that I would consider. And something I didn't mention, but I think is important, and it's just coming up for me right now, but, and I don't want to like move on without mentioning this but this has nothing to do with a biofeedback marker or anything like that but here's a cool thing like just kind of a little um check-in with yourself so any time in my life when I questioned if I was eating enough or not like if I ever thought am I eating enough or is this enough food? Like anytime I had like doubt around if I was eating enough, those were the times in my life when I actually wasn't eating enough food. And the cool thing is like the way that I thought about it is like my husband, for an example, he has never had, you know, an eating disorder or issues around food, nothing like that. And so he's like, I like using him as an example because he's never had food issues before. But if I asked him if he ever questioned, am I eating enough? He would tell me no, because like he does eat enough for his body. And so 
Anyways, I just like that question or that example because any time in my life where I had thought to myself or questioned to myself, kind of like doubted or was curious, like, am I eating enough food? It was actually during a time in my life when I wasn't eating enough food. And now that I have been eating enough food for several years now, I don't think that. So that's kind of another little tip. Like if you find yourself questioning or wondering or doubting if you are eating enough food, um, that might be a sign that you're just not eating enough food. Like if you load up your plate and think, I wonder if this is enough. Like that is a pretty good sign that it's actually not enough because those of us who do eat enough, like we just don't think that because we are well nourished and we're taking enough food. So there's kind of like those thoughts don't pop up for us. And I can speak from personal experience because in the past, I often thought that I often questioned if I was eating enough or not. And now that I am eating enough for several years, like I said, I don't think that anymore. I don't wonder that about myself anymore. So that's kind of another thing that I thought was important to throw out there. So I do like keeping our episodes to around 30 to 40 minutes. We are at that time mark, which means I'm just going to come back next week and answer more questions. So thank you so much for joining me here this week. I love you guys so much. And like I said, if you have any more questions, please send them my way because I love answering your questions and just doing podcast episodes on topics that are really like relevant for you at this time. So keep the questions coming. I love you all so much and I'll be back next week. Oh,